And joining me now is my good friend, Ms. Barb Lampson. Good morning, Barb. Hey there, Karen. It's a beautiful morning. Oh, my goodness. And the oh, air. Oh, not so hot. That's what I really like. And, and the rain. Yes. We got three tents at our house. Okay. And then, you know, we had that one big, uh, was it a week or so ago, where we got three and a half inches or so. So it's we, really helped a lot. And, yes. you know, that was just before the Nicollet County Fair, Barb. So, you you know, I wasn't here last week because I was at the Nicollet County yes. Fair. Yes. So that really perked my flowers up, and they did very well. I, I noticed that, and congratulations Thank you. to you. Yes. Hey, you know, <clears throat> I also noticed... When we get rain like this, well, it was only three-tenths of an inch. But when you come out and you look at your plants, they look like they have just been given a shot of vitamins. They look so perky and nice. And and so um, even the foliage looks better. And it's such a relief not to have to water everything all the time, too. But your container plants, mine still dry out because yes. even if it rains, those I have to water. Yes, Yes, that's exactly right. The roots are getting really compacted now, yes. too. It's harder to get the uh, the water in there, so you have to take your time, drain it in slowly. Or and poke, like you do with your little chopstick, and poke holes to yes, give it a yes. little place to soak y in. Yes, it's a it's such a good... Re I love uh, all Asian food, and when you get chopsticks, <laughs> uh, you know, you can just put them in with the plants, and then you go chop, 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 you know, in the soil without damaging the roots, and then it, that does help. Do you know what one of the mistakes I made with my container plants this year was, and, and I won't do it again? You know how we always learn from our mistakes? You, of course. Well, so in the past, I've just put usually supertunias, the Vista supertunias in there, and, and they've done really well. So this year, I had a bunch of the liatris or gay feather, those tall stock things, yes. a bunch of uh, bulbs that had just kind of was like, oh, what do I do with them? So I stuck those in the middle as the tall center point for right, right. my uh, supertunia thing, but they took up so much darn space and uh -huh. they got, because there was several in a clump, and they really needed consistent water. So they're, the stocks, instead of being, you know, beautiful purple or mm -hmm. yellow kind of had you know, sort of, but brownish and not that great. So I won't do that again. So yeah, but you learn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You do. Um, and um, the the gay feather are Leatris reminds me of it's it's um, you know it's a native, it's a it's a prairie plant. It's hardy. I think it's very opportunistic, <laughs> and um, I think it grabs everything before the super tunis can do it. But you know, one thing is that the the pollinators, the bees, yes. that is such an amazing plant. I see so many on that. As with my globe thistle, I've got one of those purple globe thistles. I that's, do too. That's, you know, it's it's not the, the weed kind that spreads everywhere. It's, it's a... it's it, oh, You know what? It's actually, when you see it in the garden, it's it's just a standout. It's a knockout. Right. But mine are turning brown now. Should I cut all those ends off before they go to seed? Okay, so not only you cut the ends... If you go way down to the base, and I know this is hard for some people to do, you get new foliage and you get a second uh, blooming. It Should I do that now then? Yes, really? you can do that now. Oh, Absolutely. I didn't know that because uh, this is my first year that they've actually bloomed. Sure. I sure. planted them from bare root that I got through a mail order, and they just form kind of, you know, just a few yeah. leaves. and they're, they're, um, When you dig them, you, you it's like a uh, peony. You're going to take a chunk of it. Oh, my gosh. When you dig them, that it has a taproot that goes down, 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 because right. I wanted to move one. And Jeff and I kept digging and digging. He said, that yep. root is still down there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you got to be careful to get 
the root or you're going to kill it all. Yes, yes, yes. I have moved them around and they've done really, <laughs> really well. You know, um, when I would go to Germany when my daughter was still there in the summer, I would spend some time with her and she had a, a community garden plot and we were at a store and and I saw some globe thistle and I thought, well, this is a great thing because there, um, it, it seemed like there was more chemicals used, oh. and you know the farmland comes right up into the village, and 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 I thought maybe if I put some of these in, we'll bring in some more pollinators, and uh, and everything was fine, and I went home. They started growing, and when they got this that looked like a thistle. My son-in-law oh, no. took them all out. He said they didn't need any more weeds in the garden. And you said, but, but. Yeah, hey, listen, this is totally different. But anyway. So so, you, so they were all gone there. They, they were gone. Yeah, Darn. they just went back to doing things the way they were doing them. Um, <laughs> I had a really nice visit last week from um, our good listener, Diane. Oh, yeah. And two of her neighbors came with her. And, you know. Uh, when somebody visits your garden, uh, they probably have their own expectations, and yes. you have your own expectations. But it's always good when your expectations are uh, uh, more than what you thought they would be, because they people, different people, see different things in your yard right. that they like, and they will comment on. And I thought. You know, that is such a learning experience. And as you go along and talk, you find out, you know, they've got rain barrels and they're making uh, compost. They're doing these things. And it just, it's, it's so, really so great. So I have this one plant and it's, um, it comes up. I, I know I planted it <laughs> and I thought it was sneezeweed. And if I had one of these, this is my, my wonderful trusty book from Wildflowers of Minnesota. I would have found out that snee- sneezeweed has a yellow flower on it, and it isn't anything like what this plant oh. is. But I went and I looked for um, the label th- that I had. I did have a, a label for sneezeweed, but I've never seen that flower in my oh. yard either. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know. Sometimes I buy... Mystery. Sometimes when you go um, to a uh, like a greenhouse that's um, part of a grocery store or something, sometimes those labels get mixed up. Yes. And if you don't pay attention, you don't bring home what you thought you were bringing home. Right. Anyway, we had a great time, and uh, I've got to uh, I've got to find out what my sneeze weed isn't. Because it's it's not that I got to find out what it is. Okay. So, and um, Diane brought me something totally unnecessary. She brought me <laughs> a bouquet. Yes. And in my bouquet, she had Gloria, which we love, mm-hmm. yellow and the red, and black-eyed Susan, which we love, and she had used this sorrel as uh, a, the accent as the. Filler. Which we would consider maybe a weed, sorrel, wood it, it, sorrel. Yes, exactly. But, but you can use some things in nature that, that look really nice. Yes. To, so yeah. I was talking to our boss, Dwayne, this morning, and I said, uh, uh, when isn't a weed a weed? He said, oh, well, it's in a flower bouquet. <laughs> so <laughs> he, 
He knew right away what was coming up. Yeah. But it's just gorgeous. Boy, it just lasts and lasts and lasts. Yeah. I I love it. And um, I've had wood sorrel that was smaller than this. I've never had a nice stiff yeah, hers stem isn't on quite it. the stalk on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you must have really. But that's good a nice design. burgundy color with little yellow flowers, and there's also the the sorrel that is the green leaves that they look corn kind of like little clovers, but they kind of droop down. Yeah, and so they um, close up, mm-hmm. but they don't go up to the top. They drop down. Right. Yeah. So, which makes them, you know, unique. folding hands down below. Yeah, very, very unique. And then you can see lots of new growth on there. So she introduced me to something that I'm going to, I'm going to use this in flower arrangements. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, um, when I see one, I usually just pluck it out, but I think I'm going to give it some space, which would be great. Yeah. Okay. So um, things that are coming back with the rain in my garden, the Japanese uh, painted ferns okay we're looking pretty tough mm-hmm. in my garden yes. and i love this plant it has um the stem is dark it's like a black color brownish mm-hmm. color and then the leaves are green but and the tips are kind of that burgundy reddish it has a silver yeah it actually yeah. has a silver mist over the whole thing right. and uh, other years, it's done fine with just a moderate amount okay. of watering, but this year, uh, it just it was too much heat. Yeah, and, and the so, drought. As yeah, well. yeah, and and heat and a drought are not good for this plant. So now, I mean, it was laying down and around the edges, it was getting fried, fried. Yeah, it was yeah. looking just terrible. So even this morning. It's looking better. It's standing up better. I think it's going to survive. I'm going to cut off some of that stuff that doesn't look good. And uh, it's it's happy again. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, because I know some of my flowers were were very sad, too. And I still have my hardy hibiscus that's blooming. That continues to bloom through uh, July through September. And that, uh, I I cut a, a, a... big bloom of that for the fair and I I got a reserve champion on that and a lot of people will look at that because that hardy hibiscus they don't believe that it it is hardy and can grow it and not have to dig it up year after year uh, because it looks like your tropical hibiscus it's so delicate looking it looks like crepe paper but it's these big 10 inch blooms and they there's hundreds of them literally but it they they come out from you know the the end of July through the beginning of September and it was just people want to touch it. I'm like, don't touch it because if you touch it, then it kind of your right. oils on your your fingers. Even the judges or not the judges, the people that were checking in the the flowers. Sure. I'm like, they're wanting to touch. It's like, don't don't touch it. So I, I'm sure I was like this yeah. really <laughs> like this mother hand. Yeah, this yes. mother hand. Like, don't touch my flower. Yeah, yeah. right. But but the, that's one I just recommend. And I know you said that you don't have the cherry cheesecake because yours didn't come back. But I'm going to give you a plant because mine have made little babies and we planted. Oh, nice. And I even got first blooms from the the plants that we had dug up from last year that had re you know seeded themselves you know um i have one that when i replaced cherry cheesecake i was very disgusted with it when it when it froze out because it was on the south it was in a good place it was watered it should have had everything but yet it didn't so maybe it came up too soon and we had a frost and, and that's what happened to it but i have that one which is the um the copper leafed and um it is it is white with the red throat on her pinkish throat isn't on the it. choco cherry no not it's the copper 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I have one that's a choco cherry latte, which is essentially looks the same as the cherry cheesecake, which is white with the reddish, right, uh, pinkish, right. but it, it has a dark foliage instead. Sure, sure. Well, it, it and it's um, the fo- uh, the stems on it that come up um, are very, they look like they're going to be something really tough because they're wide. Mm-hmm. They're maybe... Uh, some of them are as much as a half inch in diameter, oh, yeah. but the wind takes them and snaps them off. Oh, because uh, mine are very strong and sturdy, but these, that one you had isn't. No, no, it isn't. So I've got three major stems, and I started out the, the spring with about six stems, and they just they just snapped off. So... Um, I don't know. Are if you going to take that out? Because sometimes we find things that are so beautiful, but if they don't stand up and you have to baby them too much, I, I'm just like, you know, I don't have time for you. Yeah, it's good to know. It really is. You know, I found um, talking about, thinking about uh, things that don't work so well. I found some Japanese beetles this week on my roses. Oh, I've, I've found, you know, I have not had nearly as many this no, year, though. But I, I know agree. some people, I've, we've had to... Uh, text in and say, you know, well, I've had a, a ton of them, especially the guy with the grapes. And, and sure. so I think it's just depends on, I don't know if it's a cycle maybe that, that happens, because I haven't done anything specifically other than just keep picking right, them off. Right. Well, I have been saving my um, um, concoction that I've been brewing, mm. which is my garlic. Yes. And I put it into a blender, added water, and I've been, I have it out in the jar in the, in the greenhouse, and I've been fermenting it. I'm almost a little hesitant to open up the jar. I think it's just going <laughs> to overwhelm me. I'm going to wear it's a gonna mask. It's going to stink so bad. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be very, very strong. But I thought, okay, if there's a few on the rose bushes, um, that it maybe there'll be more. So maybe I can by just spraying Try it on it. there. That might keep them away. Well, I would. I would. You know, hope it's so. it's like an experiment. You know, and and the thing sure. is, you don't always know if it really works or was it something else. And it's yeah. unless you have a controlled right. lab or something. Hey, you know, um, we see uh, proven winners, and we like a lot of the things. They've you know, got really good plants. Super yeah. tunies that they've been. That was a big improvement. Mm-hmm. I thought. Um, so I had an opportunity to buy uh, a couple of plants late that were just. They're cheap. I mean, sure. they were so cheap, and it was Lantana, and it they one was a proven winners, and uh, it was you know it 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 looked healthy, and then there was um, uh, two of them in a container together, and I thought, and I could get two plants for the price, price of, of one. one. Yeah. So being this thrifty person. I decided to buy both of them and see if, mm-hmm. if really, um, if it would make that much difference. This morning, I counted the blooms on them, show the two growing together, mm-hmm. and it looks like one now, bigger plant, right. has 15 blooms. Okay. The proven winners, one plant, has 15 blooms. Okay. Now, isn't that unusual? But, uh, you know, um, so... It maybe has more energy in there to be able to do that. The size isn't much different than the plant. That that is interesting that you you know because I notice that with other petunias I won't even buy anymore if they're sure. not the proven winners because you know we went and, and we did some education with them and it's just something about when you breed plants you breed right. for the vigor and some plants just don't have that. You know one of the things that we learned in our class that we took from them was that 
if there's any time that you're not happy with a proven winner's, you take it right back to where you bought it. And they are authorized to buy all those plants back. So even if it's um, getting towards the end of the season, if it's not doing what it's supposed to do, of course, if you put it in a pot and forget about it and it dies. Well, yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah exa- exactly. It is your fault then, you, right? There's but, another plant that I have that I'm really disappointed in this year that I tried because I looked in, it's uh, in a container again that. I've always in the past mainly just done the the uh, Vista Super Tunias, but sure. I saw some pots that had containers that had the uh, um, verbenas, you know, and verbenas, oh, yes. yep, they're yep. really beautiful. But you know what, this time of the year, they're pretty much done. I have been deadheading them, but they don't keep producing and producing. So I'm not going to plant them because I feel like I got that initial early boost sure. and they look great and they added to the pot. Now it's just this kind of green nothing in the pot. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I have um, uh, some window boxes on my garden shed, and I have verbena in there. And the one, there's one on either side of the door by these two windows. The one verbena has done really well. Uh, I can't decide if it gets more sun there mm-hmm. or if it gets less. The other one um, is just. Um, so the stem doesn't even look healthy on one of them. It looks like it's, well, I don't know what. Just, yeah. yeah. So one is, is looking good and one isn't. Are they still good. producing flowers though? Yes, they are. Okay. They are. I but don't know the, if it's the the variety particular. I mean, these are proven winners, so they look great when they started. Yeah. But it's just now that the flowers are not as, as abundant. Sure. And so it's not like the vistas where they just keep producing and you right. have that constant right. color. I bought... Um, uh, some this two vistas and put into a container. Um, one is the raspberry dazzle or something like that. Does that sound familiar? Raspberry dazzle. Raspberry is the new one in the Vista series, yeah. and I bought one of them to see what it's like. And that is, it's like a neon pink. It's really bright, and it mine's doing great in my window box. Okay, so it then it's not raspberry dazzle because it's a variegated. Oh, no, no. Oh, I know what you're saying. It's Raspberry Splash. Raspberry Splash. Because I've got that as well, and it's a smaller of the vistas. And I've got a a hanging basket with two of those in there, along with the Thunbergia, the the black-eyed Susan Vine. And I've got a white, and it looks really good. Yeah, and so I have another one in there with that. And then I have a Caladium with the uh, pink and white foliage on it. That looks great. And then I have a gray annual in there, and it's one I've never seen before. Um, it's, you might think of Dusty Miller. It's not like that at all. It gets taller, so it has it has some width to it, some height to it. Mm. Just looks really good. So, um, yeah, I I would have to say um, I I like those petunias a lot. They're just really yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, I won't even plant any different ones. No. The thing is, they only come in a limited colors. It's in the, the, the pinks. They've got some more whitish ones, and they don't have some of the other, I guess, unique colors that maybe sure. you might want to try. So Sure. Well, you know, you only have so many pots that you can take care of. <laughs> right. I have put in, uh, last year, a new um, sedum. And it's called Sweet Georgia. Okay, what and color is it? Dark, 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 dark colored. Oh, dark. so it's it's a really dark burgundy. Uh, uh, yeah, even darker. Than yeah, yeah, it is. And um, 
uh, just looking absolutely great. I've got it. A, I didn't realize it would grow so fast. I've got it a little bit close to a rose bush. Is it a taller one like the Angelina or? It's uh, quite a bit like um, um, Autumn Joy would be. It's that okay. size. And, it, it, and those are really nice ones. Yeah, oh, yeah, they are. But this color is really great. So I've got that out in the front garden. That has done really, really well. I'm happy about that. Here's a mistake I had. Um, <clears throat> I have this great big tall blue spruce in my backyard, and I've been noticing that there were a few of the branches that were hanging down, and they were um, getting swaying when there was wind. They were they were swaying onto this beautiful James McFarland lil- lilac that I have. That's a pink lilac. And naturally, you know, in the spring, when the lilacs are blooming, that's when we have that wind. And then just when things were going to start opening up, then the wind would come and they'd sway on there and the blooms would come off. So David agreed to come out and cut them (laughs) down. And I said, I'll haul them out of the garden so nothing gets stepped on. And there was four of them. They are really big. I hauled them out of the garden. Later on in the day... I was having lunch, and I put my hand up on my head, and I thought, oh, my gosh, what is that? And here, the sap from that blue spruce came down, this white sap, mm-hmm. and it had plastered a spot in the back of my hair. Oh, yeah. And it was like... The you sure w- it wasn't a bird barb? <laughs> I mean, it was solid. It was like super glue. And the hair was sticking to it, and I'm trying to work it out, and there's no working it out. I mean, and it's on the scalp, mind you, and then this hair. I finally had to take a scissor and cut oh, no. the, the hair that was the longest, but then I still had it on my scalp. So I You thought, know, you could use peanut butter. That'll help get that, that rosin out. Oh, I... Well, then you'd be stinky like peanut butter. Yeah, I, I would have. I certainly would have done that. So then I took just... Um, uh, shampoo and I went over it with that and finally I decided I needed warm fairly warm water (laughs) and so I stood at the sink and used the spray and sprayed it and sprayed it and sprayed it until I got it loose but I now I'm have to strategically comb my hair in the back I didn't notice it Barb so I guess you know I I have kind of a casual hairstyle here so so (laughs) it'll be fine it'll grow out no time at all but so I guess what I would like to impart to our listeners is, you know, anytime you're out working under a conifer, there seems to be a lot of sap oozing from them. Maybe wear some kind of hat? Wear a hat, I would say so. And probably don't wear your best clothes either. Yeah, right. You know, my um, garden clothes, if, if you see see my garden clothes, they are not my best clothes. They're, they're all my old jeans who generally have holes in them. They've got rips. They've got stains and and I mean I just look terrible so when I go to the store after I've been gardening or something I'm sure they think I you know what's wrong with this woman but right why wear your good stuff out and right you know I agree yeah so you know when I get rips in my pants David says I will not let you leave the property wearing <laughs> blue jeans with rips in them you've got to change those oh no I my my husband's just like if you're gonna have the holes in the back of the, the back end at least would you wear a shirt that covers them <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. That, that's helpful, too. It's my knees that go. Oh, oh. 
Well, I get the usually the the back part and the the knees go. Yeah, yeah. But they're not like the cool kids. You know how kids have those ripped jeans? Because if you look at where the rips are in them, they're always above the knees. And the ones we have when you're on your your knees, they're a little below your knees. And so, so, you know, there's like a lot of people pay a lot of money for that. Not this. No, we're we're not that cool. (laughs) Hey, Karen, you know, another thing I started and I'm very happy with is my second gardening crop of vegetables. Oh, you did start them. Yes, and I had this great big container to plant them in. So it's a container planting. And I planted uh, beets and radishes together. Okay. And the radishes um, should be ready in 28 days and the beets longer. But uh, it's one of those things, again, where you take one thing out and then the one next to it has more room to grow in that. And listen to this. You know, I planted turnips this spring early, and I had that flea beetle in them. Oh, yeah. Uh, this was up at Good Council, and I just decimated the right. the foliage, something terrible. And so we pulled all those out, but there was a few at the very end of the road. We left them in. So now Dave said, gee, I wonder if, if it's time to pull them, because this is yeah. kind of a new experience for us. So he, so he pulled out two. One was about the size of an apple, okay. and the other one was about the size of, when you think a big turnip. And um, I took the smaller one, and I parboiled it in a little bit of uh, water. They're quite strong. Mm-hmm. And then I took it out of there when it was, and then stir fried it with. Yeah. Now listen to this: we had four vegetables. I stir fried turnips, um, pea pods, Vidalia onions, and peppers, and and then we had corn on the cob. Separate. Oh. The whole business was so good. I could all from your own garden. Yeah, not the corn. Oh, oh, okay, the, the, right. You don't the corn we got from a friend. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. See, and that's the thing. I mean, I'm I'm overloaded now with tomatoes and peppers and onions, and that's what Blake wanted the salsa garden. So that's what we're going to start doing is making salsa right. because he loves his salsa, and so I honored his. Uh, right, you and know. you know what? Here's the thing. You can add different things to the salsa. You could add uh, peaches. You could add pears. Well, for some people... Oh, yeah, they like that little sweet kick or whatever. Yeah, right, and and you just give it a little zip with that, and, and it's it's great. It's absolutely great, yeah. Well, Barb, it's always great to chat with you, and we will uh, be back again next week. I think I'll be here. Yeah, 